Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. And thank you for stopping in here for another fun episode. Uh, and we finally have a little bit of a green day and a nice rally on this uh, this Wednesday as I'm recording. We got about 10 minutes until the market close. It's about 350 here on the East Coast. And uh, the markets are looking pretty nice. We've got uh, the, the NASDAQ is the big winner on the day. And uh, let me sign back in here on my E-Trade. Uh, they were up about uh, 2%. And where are we right now? We've got uh, U.S. markets. We've got the NASDAQ up 266 points, 2.3%. The Dow is up 1.5% for 480-point gain. And the S&P is up 2% at uh, a 77-point rise. So uh, definitely nice to see these numbers finally trending back up since that uh, meeting with the Fed at Jackson Hole. We've had nothing but red days since. And even if we look like we were going to uh, start positive, all those green uh, signs went uh, went red by the end of the day on a lot of different uh, days in the market here. So finally nice to see. We do have some uh, different announcements going on. We had uh, Apple come out. And uh, say that they had a lot of different uh, products that they are bringing to market. We've got uh, two new iPhone 14s. We've got the Pro and the Max. I believe the Max is a little bit bigger. And uh, the Pro, I believe, is a 6.1-inch screen, if I uh, recall that correctly. Uh, trying to find that article here. But uh, we've also got uh, an announcement saying that uh, the iPhones are now going to be uh, satellite enabled for emergency use as well. So that's uh, definitely good to see, as uh, I think a lot of people, if you're out in the the wilderness or when you really need your phone, it'd be really cool if it would work. Uh, you know, say you're stranded out somewhere, middle of nothing, and all you need to do is get a hold of someone. That satellite capability is uh, is going to be a game changer um, for for safety and for communications as well. I think right now it's just emergency use. I do think that uh, eventually we're going to see it become kind of standard as, uh, you know, maybe not just emergency, but we can actually use it a lot of different places. So that uh, that's definitely good to see. And uh, we've also got some new uh, Apple watches, uh, Apple AirPods, and uh, a lot of different things coming to the Apple line. But uh, one thing that we're not going to see on the iPhone uh, is rising prices. They are going to keep the same pricing, at least what I've seen so far. And uh, that's definitely good with uh, consumers. Might be a little skeptical for uh, investors, but uh, I did a little bit of digging. So uh, the June 22 quarter was the highest profit margin that the iPhone has seen. And uh, or for Apple has seen at a 43.3% profit margin. And uh, that was a good bit higher than their 2017 to 2021 average of their profit margin, which was 38.9%. So about uh, what 4.4% higher uh, this quarter than over the past uh, that four year average. So definitely nice to see that that average is higher. 
nice to see that the uh, the price of the phone is going to be kept uh, pretty static there. And also nice that uh, investors can relax in the fact that they know that we've got this really nice um, profit margin to go along with this new product, especially as uh, times and recession talk is getting a little bit more elevated. Really nice to see that um, Apple's doing kind of their part to, to keep that price increase at bay. And I'm guessing a lot of the different uh, price factors that had uh, really gone up over the past couple of years, they've been able to organize. They've really been able to uh, get their chip thing, uh, chip problem solved with the, the Qualcomm chips. The Apple chips are kind of on the back burner right now and uh, ultimately go forward with these new products. So that's uh, definitely good to see. I know a lot of them are going to be open up for ordering on Friday, and then I think some other ones are going to be later this month. So if you're interested, just check at the, uh, I'm sure at the Apple store and uh, Apple online, they'll have all those updates for you. But um, then going forward, we had uh, Google come out and their uh, their CEO was really trying to drive home the fact that he really wants to be able to cut uh, spending or improve efficiency by 20%. He said uh, some different ways that he's looking to do, he wants to run on fewer uh, resources. He really wants to reduce the headcount, or that's at least a possibility going forward. And uh, he gave some past examples of cutting down a team uh, into a smaller smaller team unit and also merging two products into one. So we'll really see what's going on there and ultimately the next move that they make. Uh, I know I am still bullish on Google long term. I think even if we hit a recession, people are still going to be advertising on Google as it's been one of the most uh, lucrative ways and most cost effective ways to really meet, reach a, uh, a vast audience. Uh, all in one spot. So I do think that Google is still a buy in my book. And um, the analysts tend to agree with me. I believe there's about 35% of uh, upside from most from on the average of most analysts here on uh, on Google or Alphabet stock, however you want to call them. I still go by Google, but uh, I guess their actual name is, is Alphabet. And it is about 30.3%. So Average price target of 142. We're currently sitting at 109.62. We've also got uh, a rapid rise for Enphase today. We are up about 8.3%, which is a massive $24 gain for Enphase. So I am definitely glad that I'm still in this one. And uh, they had some news come out that they are going to be partnering with uh, the solar firm expanded. Where are we at? They expanded a partnership. And uh, with the Munich-based renewable energy company, Baywa, and uh, it says solar and energy efficient stocks have been had a big boost this summer from the Inflation Reduction Act, as we know, uh, and also said that the company should benefit indirectly from this new legislation. So a lot of different things going in the way of Enphase uh, with uh, the way the government's looking at them. Their business is growing. Uh, they're in the right spot at the right time. And now they're, you know, they're partnering with this uh this German company as well in that renewable field. So a lot of things on uh, on the horizon for them. Massive gain. So if you're in this one, if you were buying this one back in the uh, the 100 to 200 price point with me, uh, congratulations. We are definitely seeing and reaping some benefits today on this massive uh, raise in, in price point here. So uh, with that being said, Today's episode, I really wanted to get into, well, I want to get into some stocks to avoid, 
But uh, before that, I did want to point out that a lot of this talk with the Jackson Hole problems with the Fed was about this uh, the 75 basis point hike. And we might actually get some clarity on the uh, the 2021st of September when the, the Fed comes out with their uh, their next meeting and their actual raise. We will actually see where the market's going to go. And uh, hopefully um, we keep it at that 50 or 75 basis points. We don't see anything crazier than that. And then I'm really thinking that these uh, uh, these raises are going to relax after that. And then I think we could be back to the races as far as uh, the market is concerned. So one more massive or larger rate hike, and then hopefully we can taper off to some 25 basis point hikes and really try to find that soft landing that we've been looking for. Uh, so that's that. We're really waiting for what uh, Powell has to say on that day. And then I think we've got a little bit more around the uh, the midterm elections and really what happens there uh, to really how we close out the year and if we see a Santa Claus rally this, uh, this winter or not. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, stocks to avoid. I was really looking at, uh, well, I was posting up a piece on Verizon on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. If you're not on there, get over there, join up and uh, join the conversation. Really appreciate that. Um, but uh, I was posting a dividend raise from Verizon. It was a 2% raise uh, from 64 cents to 65 and a quarter cents. So not uh, massive as far as uh, you know dollar amount. It's a penny and a quarter, but uh, it does make it the highest yielding stock in the Dow on that dividend basis. So it's about a six point three percent dividend currently, and uh, a lot of different things that uh, when I look at Verizon, that if you are a, a dividend investor, this could be one that uh, serves you well having that six point three percent dividend, a low beta. Uh, a PE of 8.25. So it is trading low and uh, it's actually at a five-year low as well. Now, I don't really think that anything is too detrimental to the business other than you know people getting away from cable, uh, probably getting away from Fios, but I think we're also leaning more into uh, you know broadband internet and cell phones and expanding those plans. I know there is some different competition across the board on both fronts, but I do believe that they have a strong uh, footing in those different areas. I know they have spent a lot on 5G. I know they're really trying to build out that network. They have had some CapEx uh, expenditures. And, you know, one that I, I do think works for a lot of people having this 6.3% dividend to back it up and the fact that they've been increasing it for quite some time. So one that I think does work for the right investor um, to see that dividend income coming in. Now, in this, uh, when I posted that, someone had mentioned uh, the company Golden Ocean. The ticker on that one is G-O-G-L. And now when I started doing some digging, I, I looked at the typical stuff. I looked uh, at a Reuters report. Uh, I saw that the PE was uh, about a 2.9 when I originally looked at it. And uh, on E-Trade right now, it's saying the beta is a 0.7, but I don't believe that is correct for some reason or another. But uh, the, the quarterly dividend when I first looked at it, which was yesterday, was yielding about 25%. And that's a heck of a dividend, right? That is a, a massive dividend. And that in it by itself is a huge red flag for me. It's not something I feel comfortable investing in. Uh, you've got this crazy low PE. 
the the EPS is higher than the PE, which I mean generally is the reverse. But um, so a lot of different things here were causing a lot of different red flags for me. You've got uh, this company is a dry bulk shipping company, so they're doing a lot of uh, movement uh, of cargo across the ocean. That's really what the company does. Now the rest of the industry, the PE is about a two. This one yesterday was a 2.9. Now it's fallen another 3% today, bringing the PE down to a two and a half, also raising that dividend up to uh, 32.6%. Now, when I go way back and, and think about uh, another episode, uh, I said, give me three reasons. When I look at a company like Golden Ocean, I do not see three reasons to buy this company. I see maybe one, and that one would only be the dividend of that 32%. But now the problem with this is they have uh, double digit declines in revenue for the next two years. Uh, I believe next year was about a 23% decline. And the dividend payout ratio was above an 80%. Now, when I see a dividend payout above 80%, and it's not a REIT, a real estate investment trust, another big sign of a red flag for me that I don't like the fact that this is paying a 32% dividend. The dividend was raised a thousand percent within the past year. Uh, probably a lot to do with that is the fact that uh, shipping and ocean freight, the prices were so high last year that they were able to increase that dividend to entice more investors. But now with uh, div or, uh, shipping prices coming back down, You've got an inventory glut. Not as many people are shipping. Uh, we've got a lot of different uh, economic problems on that macro side where I think a lot of uh, people are going to really dial back on what they need. We've got uh, a lot of different things that have uh, relaxed as far as shipping and, and chips and processors and, and vehicles. A lot of that has regulated. And uh, going forward, I think it's going to be harder. Uh, they also released a 6K that basically said a lot of problems that are on the horizon for this company. So uh, the only reason, like I said, is this dividend. And I think that this is going to uh, be cut. I, I, I'm 99% certain this dividend is going to be cut. Uh, I've seen it before in a company called Dries. Um, the, the ticker was Dries. And they uh, eventually did so many reverse splits to make it look somewhat appetizing for the investor that the, the previous high was $42,000 or something crazy. And now you could buy it for pennies. Uh, so uh, my, my point here is a high dividend often is a, a trap. I don't want you guys to fall into this trap. I want you to understand the companies that you are investing in. Look ahead to see where this company is going to be going. I'm not worried on the fact of where it came from so much uh, because that's yesterday's news. And we really don't want to buy into a company based on one factor that could easily go away when uh, that next quarter reports and they go ahead and slash that that dividend that's really juicy, but ultimately is, is not going to be sustainable for a company like this. So I just really want you guys to look at all the other information when you see a high dividend uh, yielding stock. That's not to say that uh, there's some stocks that I wouldn't buy that are 8 to 10 12%, but uh, you really need to look at the whole company, understand their place, understand their future, and I really don't think that this is a good, sound investment for most people. Now, that being said, 
Uh, I'm trying to do stocks to avoid for the average investor. Some of these might not apply to you. Some of them are not going to be a uh, something that you would even consider. But I just want to keep sure keep uh, in front of your mind that uh, there are some risky things that you might not want to buy into, and these might be some reasons why. So number two, I am looking at another industry that I think we can do better. Okay, I think we can do better than this one, and that's really where it comes into play. And it's also one that is a, a necessity of a product, a necessity of a service rather. But uh, when I'm looking at airlines, I really have a hard time investing in them as uh, they tend to really not see so much in that growth lane. The, uh, the dividends tend to get cut really quick. We've seen it with uh, you know the pandemic. We've seen it in 2008. Uh, you know, companies that uh, really need to borrow really are heavily invested in fuel. They're heavily invested in capital expenditures and new planes, new equipment. Uh, you know, they're highly regulated. They have expensive labor. Um, all these different things that uh, come into play with the airline industry. They also have much lower margins. Uh, when I was looking at an industry average, it was about 13% versus, you know, when I'm looking at Apple and that iPhone is 43%. If you look at companies uh, that are also in the travel space, uh, I'd rather be in like the hotel business. Uh, I'd rather be in a, a company like Expedia. That's more of that toll booth business where they're taking a little bit of every transaction for booking a flight or booking a hotel car, rental car activity. I'd rather be in something like that. They are a little bit more insulated. Yes, they are not recession proof to a lot of extent there. You know, they if uh, the economy does slow down, people aren't going to be traveling as much. We're still going to have some of that business travel, even though some of that has uh, been dialed back since the pandemic. Uh, I do think that we we have to be aware of that trend also. Uh, so a lot of these different travel stocks do have a lot of risks on you know that kind of pandemic front. But uh, airlines being such a low margin business, taking on so much debt, trying to stay afloat, they were doing anything that they could in order to stay afloat. Uh, I do think that the government would bail them out as it is a necessity, but that is not a good reason to invest in these companies for me. So I have a hard time recommending most airlines. I do think that they can uh, certainly make a turnaround. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at United Airlines right now, it is up five and a half percent on the day. And um, but they do have a negative EPS of three dollars and 80 cents per share. So they're losing money currently. They do have a lot of debt on that balance sheet. So these are all different things that I want to look at when I'm looking to invest in these. This could be a trade for someone that is uh, experienced in doing some trading. Uh, there's certainly ways to make money with them. But for me, it is not a long-term investment for a lot of the different risk factors that are out there, the lower margins, and the quickness to really borrow heavily in order to stay afloat. It's just not something I would like to be in. Uh, so for me, I'm avoiding airline stocks. Uh, now, number three, I'm going to go right directly at this one and not just name an industry or say, you know, high yield this or low PE that. Uh, this one, I'm going right for Peloton. Peton is the ticker, P-T-O-N. Now, you might like Peloton. You might love the products. I know a lot of people that love the products. 
that in itself is not a reason to buy a company. Uh, again, you want to know your companies when you're investing in them. And just because you know the product and you you ride the bike with a, a trainer does not mean that you know the company. This one got way too far ahead of itself, way, way too far ahead of itself because of its placement in the industry during the pandemic. Everyone needed exercise equipment. We weren't going to gyms. We weren't going out. Everyone wanted to have that communal uh, group training kind of ride experience in their home to kind of feel like you're a part of something. Okay, so it had a massive run from uh, January of 2020 being $31 to January of uh, 2021 being $150. So we went up about five times in about a year. Massive gain. Uh, you know, companies and investment houses were uh, really trying to ride this trend of, you know, that at home. And we really got way too far ahead of ourselves on this one. And it was that right place, right time stock that now is failing and falling hard. And they are still at a negative $5.91 after this massive run and how many products that they sold during this time. But as you know, uh, all these different exercise trends of yesteryear, they all tend to fade. I don't know that this one has that staying power. So I am looking for other opportunities rather than Peloton. You know, we've seen Tybo and, you know, P90X and name this or that, the shake weight, the, you know, Billy Blanks kickboxing. We've seen it all right now. I don't know that Peloton is going to really fall that deep by the wayside. I do think they'd probably be more like a Nordic track that kind of keeps evolving. You know, they had the Nordic track skier upright rower back in the 90s thing um and then that kind of faded but then you know nordic track went into the the treadmills the bikes the max trainer the i think then max trainers them anyhow i do think that they will continue to evolve i don't think that they will continue uh they're going to have a really hard road ahead of themselves in order to really see any kind of positive growth uh there's not really any type of major catalyst i see Yes, they got brought on to Amazon. I still don't see that that is going to really drive up their uh, their sales that much versus you know buying directly from Peloton. I don't see it. People are dumping their older bikes uh, on the secondhand market very cheap all the time. And I, I really don't see this model sustaining uh, going back to people wanting to be in a gym, wanting to go out and do a group bike ride or whatever they're looking to do. Uh, so for me, it's just not an investable product that I really want to be into. They might make great products, but uh, really having that staying power and coming up with the next thing. Uh, a lot of these uh, fitness products tend to be very fad uh, oriented, and I really just think there's better options for us. Even if you're in uh, the more of the athleisure wear in the way of you know Nike or Lululemon. I do think that those have more staying power as people are always going to look to buy new shoes, new exercise, uh, clothing, and just have more of that lifestyle type gear. Uh, so those are better options to me. I really wouldn't recommend anything in that straight exercise space. It's just really not something that I see as being that investable going forward. I'm sure there's an outlier to that statement, but I just don't know that it is for me. So I'm staying away from that one. Uh, number four, 
is going to be the meme stocks, right? Uh, AMC, GameStop, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, all of these different brands. I really don't think that is for the average investor. Now, can you make money at it? Trading, shorting, you know, doing different options with it? Certainly. You certainly can if you are experienced enough and you have enough discipline in order to set some very strict rules and follow them to a T. But for the most of us out there, I don't think it is going to be a great lane for you to invest in. Why? There is a lot of high volatility. There's a lot of apes that are the, the so-called apes that are investing in these that are holding, 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 and then they have a, a massive sell-off and then you're going to get stuck holding the bag. I don't want to see you guys get stuck holding the bag on what was supposed to be a uh, you know AMC or GameStop to, to 100 or 400 or whatever the call is. It's just not going to happen. That would you know severely outprice themselves in the market. And uh, I don't really want to see you guys get burned. So you've got uh, multiple fronts on that. You're, you're fighting the uh, the hedge funds. You're fighting the SEC. You're fighting the different companies that are trying to take advantage of the situation like Bed Bath & Beyond did, uh, issuing more debt, issuing more shares. Uh, they're ultimately diluting the stock, making it weaker for you. And you know, you're fighting a, a multi-headed beast when you're looking at some of these different meme stocks. So if you aren't familiar with a lot of this stuff, I don't think it's for you. I don't think it's long-term investable. And uh, I'd rather just see you guys in some safer stocks that you understand. And uh, sometimes this movement is just so rapid, you have a very hard time keeping up to date with uh, what's going on with AMC, GameStop, any other meme stock. Uh, and that being said, you know, um, the CEO of Bad Bath & Beyond did uh, end up taking his life and jumping out of that building in New York. And that's uh, definitely a shame. It's very sad that uh, all that stress and all, everything that was going on there, closing a, a record amount of stores and taking on more debt and having more problems, ultimately uh, getting caught up in the, in the pump and dump that he uh, had created ended up being too much for him to take. So it's definitely a shame that that happened. But uh, I don't want to see you guys get caught up in any of this mania that's out there as I don't think it is a sustainable way to invest. Uh, I do think it's more of that gamble mentality, and I really don't want to be in that camp when I am looking for long-term wealth. That is not what I want to see. So I would stay away from that. And fifth, if you are the average investor, I'm going to say stay away from the penny stocks. Uh, again, if you are experienced and you really have a, a good handle on what these companies are doing, uh, you know, great. But uh, for the most of us, Finding a stock that is four cents to sub five dollars is probably not a great place to invest your money, uh, and really having that market cap under what about a hundred million is uh, is really just too small. Your the volumes that are going to trade with these stocks, the problems that are going to arise, it's really tough to get uh, any kind of good news source on a lot of these smaller names. They'll move twenty percent in a day, and nothing was said. Uh, it's really hard to know where they're going. And for that reason, I really don't think it is for most people. If you have a, a, a way to, to really track them or get better news or uh, you know, really have a, an inside track as to what this small company might be doing, that might be a different situation. But uh, for most people, I think you're going to end up gambling with your money on penny stocks. And I would shoot to say that 90 plus percent of the time, it's going to get you burnt. 
So I stay away from them. I learned my lesson. I'm hoping to pass that on to you. So that's uh, five different stocks that I would personally stay away from, five different types of stocks. And uh, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break because I've been rambling on here for about 28 minutes. And uh, I think it's time to take a quick one. So uh, stick around. I will be right back. We're going to talk investing challenge. We're going to talk about uh, where to go for the rest of the year. And uh, I'll be back in a quick second. So stick around. All right, we are back here. So I did want to say that, uh, you know, those are some of the stocks that I would probably try to avoid. And I do think that a lot of different companies that we've talked about recently, whether it be speculative names or, or names that might not fit the narrative right now, uh, I still think that they could be very investable for you. Uh, it's just a matter of how long you have in your time horizon. So when I'm looking at companies like SoFi or DraftKings or uh, ABML or any solar, any any of these new startup companies that are really coming to light, EV companies, uh, I do think they, they are investable uh, within reason, right? It is a, a smaller percentage of your portfolio. I would like to see, uh, you know, some of that crazy money being put into some of these smaller companies w within reason, right? And I know right now I'm saying for the rest of 2022, we're really looking for those safety plays. We're really looking to build up positions in, in energy, in healthcare, financials, uh, consumer staples, uh, all these different things that uh, are really going to survive anything that is thrown at us. But uh, with that being said, we really don't know what the next uh, 12 months to 18 months is going to bring. Are we going to see a rebound? Are we going to see some of these these names from 2021 really start rebounding. Uh, I think we certainly could in a lot of different areas. And uh, we're seeing it today with some of the different uh, EV stocks, some of the different uh, solar type names. And uh, it's definitely nice to see a resurgence in some of these names. So I don't want to tell you not to buy these. Uh, in fact, I think, you know, DraftKings with the NFL getting started back up, a lot of different fall sports coming back into play. Uh, I do think that that one might have a, a nice little run here. Uh, I do think long term that they 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 do have a uh, a future in this business, but uh, that's not to say that it's not without risk. It certainly could go down from here. Uh, it is a speculative type name. They are losing money, so that is one that is uh, is more of a long term play for me. It's not something I think is going to uh, really thrive in a recession. So I try to tell you not to really chase these stocks. Uh, and know that they could go lower. So you really got to work out your risk reward analysis and say, hey, what at what price point would I want to buy this stock? And really narrow that down, be ready for those drops, and ultimately uh, build your position where you really feel strongly with your high conviction names. So, uh, you know, DraftKings, about 50% of upside. But when I, you know, cruise back over to NVIDIA, uh, 52 and a half, 52.8% uh, upside. So which one would I rather be in? Uh, well, I'm in both right now. I'd rather buy Nvidia cause I think that this is a little unjust what's going on to them. And, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, DraftKings has a little bit tougher of a road going forward, but, uh, that is kind of just one comparison. There's a lot of other stocks out there that, uh, really catch my eye right now. Uh, even looking at Walgreens Boots Alliance, that one is trading really cheaply and uh, they've got about 21% of upside and they've got a pretty hefty dividend uh, to boot. It's 5.4%. Uh, you know, I've been watching that one also trading at a six PE, which is crazy low. 
uh, especially when you compare it to a company like CVS, which is trading much higher at a, a 16 times PE and a 2.2% uh, quarterly dividend. So a lot of different things to consider. Uh, just try to be on your toes as to what's out there and kind of really weigh your options going forward. Uh, and then when I'm just looking at CVS, I'm just curious as to what the, they also have about 22% of upside. So um, CVS trying to get more into that healthcare insurance type uh, space. They're really looking to do that. Uh, I'd really have to look into Walgreens, but uh, just know that there's options out there wherever you look and there might be a better one than uh, the first company that comes to mind. So uh, with that being said, week uh, 37 on the investing challenge already. We are there. So we've got uh, five names, as I always do, over there on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. We are voting weekly. We are voting weekly. I'm putting in $200 every week. In fact, I just bought Devon Energy from week 36. I bought that yesterday, added it to our Webull portfolio. So if you need help getting started, I do have some links in the description to help you get going uh, for Webull, Crypto.com, uh, Binance, and E-Trade. So a little bit of a kickback to both of us if you do start an account using my link. And uh, you know, with that being said, we've got these five names. So we've got uh, a consumer staple company, one that I think should do well, even if we get a recession. That name is Walmart. Ticker is WMT. Number two uh, is going to be a healthcare company. That ticker is ABBV, ABV. And they are, uh, you know, fighting off some of these uh, Humira patents that I think are set to expire in 2023. They've had a nice rollout of Skyrizi and Renvoke and also have a deep pipeline of drugs. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that price on this one is, uh, I believe, pretty... We got about 16% of upside. Where is the PE on this one? I think the future sales are a good bit lower than what they should be. Uh, currently trading at a 19 and a half times PE, 4% dividend. Uh, so that one's got a nice little kicker on that dividend as well. We are looking at some uh, agriculture stocks in the names of Deer, DE, and Agco, uh, AGCO. So Deer is going to have a little bit more on that construction side of the business as well. And Agco is going to have more on that farming agricultural side solely. Uh, so two different names in that agricultural space that I think, uh, you know, farmers are going to really lean into to avoid more labor. When it's really hard to find people, you rely on more equipment. So that's my thesis on those two, Deer and Agco. And then number five, with that the Taiwan Arms Agreement uh, that the State Department released, I believe, last Friday, uh, I am going with number five being uh, Raytheon, which is the ticker RTX. They've got uh, the Sidewinder missiles. They've got uh, some different consulting going on over in Taiwan for some early interceptor type signal devices that are going to alert uh, the, I guess, the army or whoever's over there watching this uh, these warnings as to what's going on, if they are being uh, under attack from China or any other uh, intruders, I guess. So I am looking at Raytheon for this week as well. And that one's going to give us about 2.5% of uh, dividend. We do have an uh, analyst upside of about 28%. Uh, and uh, we still haven't caught any price upgrades since uh, July 31st. So I do think that this one has a nice bit of upside. It's definitely got uh, an order log that is uh, growing by the day. 
And, uh, you know, with all these different conflicts around the world, there are going to be more uh, demand for uh, a lot of the different defense products that Raytheon is going to create. So those are the five names I got for you this week. Walmart, AbbVie, Deer, Agco, and Raytheon. Get over there to the Let It Grow Investing page. Get your boats in. We really need them. And uh, with that being said, that is what I got for you guys today. So try to think about uh, what stocks you really want to invest in. Uh, maybe try to avoid some of the ones that I'm telling you might not fit the bill for one reason or another. And uh, maybe maybe challenge yourself to find a alternative to one of these that uh, might be a better bet than what you may have been looking at. So really think outside of the box. But with that being said, I will catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for stopping by and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.